Well, good evening, everyone. Please turn in God's Word to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 is found on page 1166 of the Pew Bible. Mark chapter 10, I believe uh, some of the younger children were studying this passage this morning in Mrs. Burton's Sunday school class, so you're all prepared and ready for this, and the rest of you will have to catch up. So Mark chapter 10, and we're going to read verses 46 to 52. Listen, this is God's word. Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. Well, Helen Keller is probably the most famous blind woman of all history. Not only was she blind, but she was also deaf. However, she did not allow her disabilities to hold her back. As a result, she became known as the symbol of courage. She was the first blind and deaf woman to graduate from college. She became a world-famous speaker. She was an author. She was a politician. She traveled the world, going to 39 different countries, She met every U.S. president from 1897 to 1963. And she was once asked, is there anything worse than being blind? And her answer was, yes, a man with sight and no vision. Now, Helen was meaning something political, but her words were also true in a spiritual sense. It is possible to see physically but be completely blind spiritually. And so the question is, is that true of you? Are you seeing, but have no spiritual sight? So in our passage today, we come across this blind beggar, Bartimaeus. And I want you to know that you are to cry out to the Lord for mercy and respond by following him, for he has given you your sight. So firstly, what do you want Christ to do for you? Verse 51. Mark intentionally places this miracle beside the request of James and John. What links these two passages together is that we find the same question. What do you want me to do for you? James and John asked to be seated at the right and the left of Jesus Christ in glory. But Bartimaeus gives a very different answer. He asks for mercy. Both James and John and Bartimaeus have faith in Jesus Christ. 
but they're both wanting something very different. And the question that Jesus asks is a great question. I wonder how you would answer it. What do you want Jesus to do for you? James and John's answer helps us to see their heart's desire. Their answer is inappropriate when Jesus had just told them that he was going to die. Rather than grieve at the fact that their master would die, we see their hearts were filled with a desire for glory and status. But James and John are not that different than you or me. What is it that you most want? What is it that you believe will make you happy? It could be a new job. It could be to finish your degree. It could be to have children or to have a wife or a husband. These are all good things. They are things that you should desire. But there is something much more valuable that you should set your eyes on, something that Jesus is willing to give you. Now, remember, Jesus could easily provide for you a new job. He could easily enable you to finish your education or provide for you a family or a spouse, many other things. But these things will not satisfy. They will not make you happy. Instead, you'd be wanting for something else. C.S. Lewis defined this well when he said, It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Blaise Pascal identifies what it is that we're searching for when he says there's a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of every person which cannot be filled by any created thing, only by God the Creator, made known through Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can open your eyes for you to see that He is God and that you need Him in your life. Only Jesus can give of Himself so that you are satisfied And he is infinitely more valuable than anything that you can have in this world. You will find your satisfaction when you love and serve Jesus Christ and when you follow him. Sometimes we are like children who have no idea of money. They willingly will swap a $20 bill for a 25-cent quarter because it's shiny. And Jesus is asking, what do you want me to do for you? But don't be so easily pleased with what the world has to offer. No, you are to want Jesus, who gives of himself. So just ask. That's what we see in this passage with Bartimaeus. So secondly, you need to see yourself as a beggar in the dirt of your sin. Verse 46. So what is your view of yourself? Are you like James and John, who thought of themselves as loyal disciples of Christ, as privileged because they were part of the inner circle with Jesus alongside Peter? Do you think of yourselves as more important than others? James and John thought they were more important than the children. Do you see yourselves as greater than others? James and John thought they were the greatest of Jesus' disciples. These men suffered from pride. They had the wrong view of themselves. They come to Jesus thinking that they are deserving these places of status. Well, Mark intentionally contrasts them with Bartimaeus. 
Bartimaeus really didn't have much going on for him. He was a blind beggar who came to this busy road between Jericho and Jerusalem. He probably needed help to even get him to this place where he would beg. Being blind would mean he was vulnerable to the traffic, to those who would exploit his weaknesses. And all he could do in life was to sit in the dirt and beg. He cried out to passers-by to give him some money, to take pity on him. What a pathetic job. He would have been desperate to get out of this situation. But there was nothing that he could do about it. So while James and John demonstrated pride, Bartimaeus was humble. He would have realized his need. And so do you see yourself like James and John, thinking too highly of yourselves, seeing yourself as greater than others? Or do you resonate with Bartimaeus? Do you see that his condition of need is just like your condition? That you too have a problem with your sight. Bartimaeus was most likely born blind. And you too are born spiritually blind. You're also weak and dependent on others. You are sitting in the dirt of your sin. And there isn't anything that you can do to change that. And so how are you to respond? Well, thirdly, notice you are to cry out to Jesus for mercy. Verse 47. Bartimaeus' only company as he sat in the dirt alongside that road would have been the snippets of conversation that he would have heard as people walked by. With Passover coming up, lots of people were piling into Jerusalem for the festival. But this crowd of people were all talking about the same thing. The name Jesus Christ was mentioned in every conversation. Bartimaeus would have been thinking, who is this Jesus? All the people walked past. Bartimaeus would have been hearing about Jesus' teaching and how he teaches with authority, how Jesus performed many miracles like the feeding of the 5,000, calming storms, removing demons, even healing people, including giving sight to the blind. And for a blind man, this would have caught his attention. He would have heard suggestions that this man is a prophet, that he could even be the Messiah. Well, imagine Bartimaeus' greater excitement when he hears that Jesus himself, the one who heals the blind, the one who could be the Messiah, was coming along this road. Now, Bartimaeus would have known from prophecies, in Isaiah particularly, Isaiah 35, that the Messiah would come for the weak. He would give sight to the blind. This is the one that Bartimaeus has been waiting for. And so we read in verse 47 that Bartimaeus keeps calling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now for Bartimaeus to call Jesus son of David is very interesting. He calls him the son of David because he knew that the Messiah would be a descendant of the royal line of King David and that he is the one that he is to put his hope in. And so it's right for him to cry out, have mercy on me. Although Bartimaeus is blind, he has perfect vision to see who Jesus is. Wilmhurst says the great longing of the Jewish people at this time is that God would intervene in their nation's sad story again, place a descendant of David on the royal throne once more, and bring in a golden age. The prophets had promised it. 
the people had yearned for it, especially now, after a hundred years of Roman occupation, have snuffed out the last living memory of their nation's independence. Even the expression, Son of David, evokes that picture of the promised coming king. Bartimaeus saw Jesus as his only hope. Likewise, only when you see Jesus as your hope, that he is the one that your help is found in, that he can save you from your sin, that he can provide you strength when you are weak, that he can wash away your shame, he can give you peace when you are anxious. Only then will you cry out to Jesus for mercy. Imagine you're involved in an accident, you fall off your bike, you've broken your arm. When you get to the hospital, you do not plead for help from the doctors. No, you expect them to look after you. You pay for their service. It's their duty to help. But consider when you came off the bike and someone was walking by. It's then that you plead for mercy to that passerby even though he owes you nothing and you can't give him anything, but you ask out of his mercy to help you. Bartimaeus has nothing to give Jesus. He knew that he was a nobody. Jesus would gain nothing out of helping him. But Jesus was his only solution, and his only solution was about to walk past him. And so Bartimaeus shouts out to make Christ aware of him and his condition. When he did this, the crowds of people scolded him. One commentator even suggests it might have been the disciples, for that would have been very fitting with the rest of the passage. I don't think it was. The Gospels are very good at exposing the disciples' weaknesses, one of the reasons we know how genuine the Gospels are. But simply it is, beggars are not appreciated. Same way they're not appreciated today. Bartimaeus was a nobody, And the people thought that Jesus would have no interest in this man. Ferguson writes, The crowd around him believed that he had nothing he could contribute to what Jesus was doing. They did not understand that this was not a disqualification from calling on the Lord's name. Bartimaeus brought nothing but his need, but in doing so he fulfilled a fundamental law in God's kingdom. There is no other way to come to Jesus but on the basis of our need and his adequacy to meet it fully. And so Bartimaeus is not put off. He shouts all the louder. This is his only hope. He won't let Jesus pass without him hearing him. He had faith that Jesus would help him, would show him mercy. In the Anglican prayer book, there's a section where the pastor prays for different people And the congregation all respond in unison, Lord, have mercy. It's a simple phrase, and yet it recognizes our weakness. But it also recognizes Christ's greatness, that he can rescue, that he can help. As Christians, you are to cry out to God for mercy, yes, to save you from your sin, but you are to continue crying out to God for mercy. And so let us frequently, in our need, whatever that need may be, cry out to the Lord for mercy. Well, fourthly, let's notice Jesus is calling you to himself. Verses 49 to 51. Bartimaeus' shouts are heard. Jesus said to the crowd to call him. 
Now the crowd's reaction is very different than what they were saying earlier. So instead of telling Bartimaeus to be quiet, they encourage him and they tell him, Christ is calling you. The crowds are reminded that there is no one too lowly, no one of little importance to Jesus. The first will be last. The last will be first. Bartimaeus was definitely last in society of that time. But in Jesus' kingdom, he is first. Jesus did not come for the healthy, but for the sick. Jesus did not come for the rich and the powerful, but for the children. This chapter is all about receiving the kingdom, and we need reminded that Jesus reaches out to all kinds of people. So we need to be careful about what kind of prejudices that we may have, thinking Christ would never save him. What would Christ want with her? And that's a challenge for us in our evangelism. Do we look at people and decide whom God is going to save? Do we think that person is just too hard to reach? They would never understand. No, we need not look at people and think God couldn't save them. Instead, we must think only God can save them. Let us never give up an opportunity to encourage someone to Christ. John Newton, famous uh, uh, stealer, he became a believer. He was a hardened unbeliever. He rejected God. He rejected all morality. He rejected the truth. And at the age of 23, he's said to be little removed from the state of a wild animal. But this immoral sailor, this tyrant of a slave trader, he came to Christ. And his spiritual blindness was removed. And now he knew the mercy of God. And he recognized two things when he said, I am a great sinner, but Jesus Christ is a great savior. And God used this famous blind sinner in bringing many others to see Christ. And in his famous hymn, Amazing Grace, he mentions a spiritual blindness. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. Was blind, but now I see. Bartimaeus also recognizes Jesus' amazing grace. He doesn't need to be called twice. Verse 50 shows just how much he wants help. He throws off his cloak and he jumps to his feet. He throws off the cloak that would slow down his movements, but realized that as a blind man, he would never find that cloak again. The cloak is all that he has of material value, but he throws it away because he has found something of even greater value. Jesus Christ is of infinite value compared to this cloak. Then we hear him tell Jesus what it is that he wants. He wants to see again. He wants his sight. And so he comes to Christ with his need. The crowds thought that would disqualify him, but his need is the qualification Christ is looking for. Jesus wants people who realize that they need him, who know that they have nothing to offer him. Bartimaeus calls Christ Rabboni, or Master. He confirms that he believes that Christ is more than a man, but he is someone to serve. Well, Christ is calling you today. He's summoning his people to himself. You also need to respond with haste. You need to throw off your cloak, all it is that you value in this world, for it only hinders your movements to Christ. Say no to the desires of this world. Say no to the empty promises 
of happiness that this world offers. Instead, say yes to Christ. He is calling you. Well, finally, Christ gives you mercy. He gives you sight to respond by following him. Verse 52. So Jesus healed Bartimaeus, and in an instant, Bartimaeus' life was totally changed. No longer is he a blind beggar sitting in the dirt alongside the road. He can now see. Christ has healed him of his blindness. Just imagine what it was like for Bartimaeus to see for the first time, to see the world in all of its beauty. This would be a new day. You may have heard of the YouTube influencer, Mr. Beast, who has made the headlines for providing the money for 1,000 people to have eye surgery to enable them to regain their sight. And this generated controversy as to why Mr. Beast is doing this. This is simply self-promotion. Well, controversy aside, for these people who were once blind, they can now see. They can see their loved ones They are no longer dependent. To them, it's not controversial. They are thankful to now have their sight. Well, Bartimaeus would be thankful to have his sight. But for Bartimaeus, his healing is not simply about physical sight. He's been also given spiritual sight. The word healing literally means to be saved. And so on that road from Jericho to Jerusalem, Bartimaeus was saved not simply from his blindness, but from his sin. Bartimaeus recognized Christ to be his savior. So Jesus was on the road to Jerusalem to do just that. So remember last week of how we spoke of Jesus' determination to get to Jerusalem. He would not be distracted. He was focused. His mind would have been preoccupied about the thoughts of the future pain and torture that he would suffer from. But he did stop. He stopped for Bartimaeus. Why stop for this blind man? Well, to show him mercy by saving him, by giving him sight. This is the tender love and care that Jesus shows, even in the midst of his own troubling thoughts. And it helps us see what Jesus' mission is all about. He came to save the lost, he came to show mercy even to a blind beggar who was nothing in the world's eyes, but precious in God's eyes. Bartimaeus is an example of the very people Jesus came to save. And we read in verse 52 that Bartimaeus doesn't sit back down again and start begging. No, now he follows Jesus along the road. So at the start of the passage, Bartimaeus, he was sitting on the roadside begging. Now he's on the road to Jerusalem following Jesus. Before Bartimaeus was lost in the misery of his sin, lost in darkness. And now he has been transformed. He's walking in the light. Scholars believe that Bartimaeus must have been well known in the early church. And that's why Mark includes his name in this passage. And his testimony of receiving Christ's mercy and following Jesus must have been well known. We considered before what it means to follow Christ on the road. It means to carry your cross. And so Bartimaeus would go to Jerusalem and he would see with his new vision his Savior die on the cross and later rise again. Bartimaeus, in following Jesus, would mean he too 
would carry his cross and serve Christ. Jesus has shown mercy to you. And so are you following him along the road? Have you left your sin behind and instead are now serving him? Or have you sat back down again after receiving the blessing of your salvation? No, you are to be on the road following Christ. Bartimaeus, James and John, they exhibited faith in Christ. But while James and John in their pride saw Jesus as a means to gain them power and status and privilege so that people would serve them, Bartimaeus came humbly, asking for mercy. And in receiving mercy, he dedicated his life to following Jesus Christ. Ferguson writes, True greatness lies in humble service. Jesus' greatness never stood out more clearly than when he helped this helpless man out of his darkness and into the light of a new and more glorious day. So ultimately, only Jesus is the great one. That's why your hope is in him. That is why you are to cry out to him for mercy. And you can have confidence each day that in Christ you have mercy and you continue to receive mercy as you follow him along the road. So cry out to the Lord for mercy and respond by following him for he has given you your sight. Amen. Let's come to God in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this question. What do you want me to do for you? And Lord, we ask for forgiveness. So often we want the things of this world. Not necessarily bad things, but things that will not fully satisfy. Only you will satisfy. And so Lord, we do thank you uh, for your mercy towards us. We are like Bartimaeus. We are blind. We are begging. But you have given us sight. You've shown us mercy. You've forgiven us our sins. And so we pray, Lord, that you would help us to follow you along the road, to serve you. We ask for your mercy daily to do just that. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, please turn your psalm book to Psalm 40a. Psalm 40a, in this psalm we hear the psalmist crying out for help. And God responds by rescuing him. And likewise, God rescues you and me. And so let's respond by praising God. So let's stand and sing Psalm 40a. <clears throat>